Welcome, friends. My name is Debbie Lawrence, and this is episode 18 of the Compassionate Leader School podcast. I strongly suspect you read the title of this podcast and thought, what is she talking about? I know, but I'm serious about the donut thing. Just stay with me here. First of all, I want to talk about this thing called compassion fatigue. And compassion fatigue, from what I understand, was originally a concept that was developed by nurses who worked in emergency rooms and were experiencing this tremendous fatigue because they found themselves in a situation where they were doing absolutely anything that they could to take care of the patients that were coming into the emergency room and their families and loved ones. Uh, But it was coming at a great personal cost to themselves. And this uh, concept called compassion fatigue was was born. And when I think about fata- compassion fatigue, and I look at the business community, I look at the for-profit sector, the not-for-profit sector, I look at people who are deeply committed to fulfilling their mandate, whatever their organization or their business is focused on doing in terms of how they show up and how they want to be of service to the clients and the customers and the individuals that they serve, that over time, we have seen, and when you talk to individuals, they will use this language, that they are being asked to do more and more with fewer and fewer resources. And they have to plan and try to thrive amidst the instability of external factors beyond their control. And hey, all we have to say is COVID-19 when you want to talk about a huge external factor completely beyond our control. And in the midst of all of this, they are witnessing a growing need for their products, for their services, from the people that they serve, and many will say from the community in general. And just trying to juggle all of that wears people down. And we call that compassion fatigue. And so I've done a tremendous amount of work encouraging business leaders, business owners, leaders in organizations, just human beings, to do whatever they can to build what I call compassion resilience, so that you don't get to the place where you were so fatigued that you are completely burnt out and ineffective in your role. And so in the spirit of wanting to build compassion fatigue and thinking about this whole area, one of the ways in which this all began for me was that I didn't like how I felt after I had a negative encounter out in the world somehow. And then I would download the story of that encounter with a colleague or a friend or a loved one. You know, those times when, let's say you've had a terrible customer service experience, and you can't believe what just happened. And so as soon as you come into contact with somebody that you know, and you know them well enough that you can share this story, you feel compelled to tell them all the details. I call that downloading. Now, Let me be clear, there's nothing wrong with sharing with others the adventures of our lives, but we need to share consciously. In other words, do we really need to share everything all the time? And if you look at it from from this perspective, have you not been that person who shows up at work and you're having a really good start to your day, you know, you're in a good headspace, you're in your work 
space and you're really focused and getting things done. And then a coworker comes by and immediately starts to tell you this story about something that happened to them that was you know, something that upset them, or they thought that somebody was being rude, or somebody was being inconsiderate, whatever it was, you know, somebody's difficult or unreasonable or unkind. And you can tell that they're all fired up. And you're probably not even going to interrupt them until you have some sense that they've told you the main part of their story. But when you have person after person doing this to you, it could put you it can put you in a different headspace. And sometimes it feels like someone is pulling a cloud over your otherwise bright and productive morning. So now imagine if you have multiple people doing that in the run of a day, which is not unusual for people in leadership roles, simply because that's the position they're in, especially they have staff reporting to them, they're dealing with clients, um, that it can sometimes be a lot of heavy negative energy that's coming at them. And when it comes at you, you have to do something with it because it's otherwise it's just going to hang there. And so that's when you're on the receiving end of it. But then there's the sender in this equation as well. And that's how I was feeling that, as I said at the beginning of this podcast for me, I didn't like how I felt after I was the sender and I dumped the story on someone else. And when I would walk away, I would still feel icky. And especially if what I was sharing with them really in the overall scheme of things was kind of inconsequential. So let me give you my classic example. You know, I drive a lot for a living. I haven't over the last number of months, thank goodness, it's been a treat. But prior to to the COVID um, pandemic and this sort of uh, self-isolation, I would drive an average of about 40,000 kilometers a year. That's what I would put on my vehicle which meant that I spent a lot of time on the highway. And and a lot of my driving is highway driving. And so here in the province of Nova Scotia, one of our main highway systems is called the 102. And I live in the central part of the province. And often on the 102, I'm heading into our capital city, which is Halifax. And so as I'm driving there, this is the kind of thing that would happen. I would be in a, a... divided highway and it's a double lane and I'm on the in the right uh, lane which is the slower of the two lanes and the classic example is that it's a rainy rainy morning I'm on my way to because I'm doing some training I'm delivering a, a class or I'm, I have to meet with a client and as I'm driving on the 102 in this rain trying to be safe inevitably I'll come across a part of the highway where there are three 18 wheelers all in the right lane ahead of me. And I don't want to be behind them because all that spray is coming at me. And sometimes they're driving even slower than I want to drive. And so I have to figure out a way to safely pull my vehicle out, get in that left lane, which is the passing lane, and make my way past the three 18 wheelers before I can pull in again. Now, as I'm doing this, and I'm trying to be really, really careful, and I also want to add that I've done training and consulting work in the trucking sector, and I've never forgotten the truck drivers who have said to me over the course of building a relationship with them, Debbie, if we could give you any advice, it's whenever you're on the highway and you're driving next to an 18-wheeler, get past them as quickly as you can. It's one of the most dangerous positions you can be in. So here I am trying to get past three 18-wheelers and it's pouring rain. And here's what happens. Inevitably, there's some 
I'm going to say some guy, but it could be some person who comes upon me. It's like, it's almost like I can feel this shadow over my vehicle. And when I look in my rear view mirror, there he is, Mr. I'm driving my Ford F-150 black pickup truck. And it feels like this ominous presence over me. And when I look in the rear view mirror, I'm often looking at the face of somebody who, if I could make up a story, that's what I'm doing, about what his body language is saying to me and the glare in his eyes. It's, lady, for God's sake, get out of my way because I'm in a hurry. And you know that feeling when that vehicle behind you gets really close and you think, oh my goodness gracious, I hope I never don't have to slam on my brakes because I don't think he's far enough behind me for me to be safe, that if I started to slow down at all, he could be on top of me. I don't mean literally, but he's that close. And so the old version of me, now this is, I'm in the confessional, the old version of me years ago when this would be my experience, and I would be making up a story about this jerk uh, who's driving behind me. See, I'm I'm making up a story because I've labeled him as a jerk. And I'm trying to get past and I'm really distracted by this energy that I feel, this negative energy that's starting to surround me and surround my vehicle. And so sometimes, to be honest with you, just because I want to irritate him a bit, I'll slow down even more and I'll take my time and I'll try to get past the 318 wheelers. And I can tell he's just killing himself to say, oh, lady, get out of the way. And so as soon as I get past the third 18 wheeler and it's safe for me to move over back into the right lane. As he's going by, I'm waiting for him to go by and I'm giving him the old evil eye. And he's probably giving me the old evil eye. And then I, sometimes if I'm driving by myself, I'll say out loud, jerk. And then I'm thinking about like, like, who wants to show up like that? What a jerk. He could have really compromised me. You know, he probably could have rear-ended me if I wasn't, see, I'm just making up a big old story. And so now I'm heading to my meeting. So when I land in my meeting, if I know the person well enough and I walk in the door and it's probably pouring rain and the person's going to say, my gosh, Debbie, how was your drive all the way from Truro? I'd say, well, it wasn't too bad, but I think this guy was behind me. Now I'm about to download my whole story and I'm going to paint him as the biggest jerk ever. I'm from Newfoundland. And so in Newfoundland, we would probably call him an arsehole. And in fact, I, I'll be really bad and say we might, I might have even called him an asshole because arsehole is a bit of a term of endearment. <laughs> asshole is not so good, but I'll, I'll just use the term jerk. So I'm thinking about this, talking about this jerk and I'm paying this story forward. But then you see, I didn't feel any better after I told the story. It was completely unnecessary. Really, you know, if you think about there's this concept called 10, 10, 10, and I've written about this uh, and, and my some of my social media posts, and I talk about it in my classes, that the 10, 10, 10 concept is, will this still be as, as consequential and have you as fired up, you know, 10 minutes from now? And then I might as well, okay, so 10 minutes from now, I'm still a bit fired up about this person. No, I don't even know. Or will it still be uh, an issue 10 hours from now? And if it is, then you say, well, it, will it be an issue 10 days from now and 10 weeks from now? And you see how far you can go out. Well, the truth was, yeah, 10 minutes later, it still was. But once I got there, I like, I didn't think about that anymore. It, that person, it was, that's what I mean by inconsequential. But then after, when I was reflecting on that, 
I didn't like how I showed up that way. And I didn't like that feeling that I took something that was inconsequential and negative, and I just sort of dumped it into somebody else's space. I was thinking, I don't like that. I don't like it when people do that to me. So I certainly don't want to be the person who's doing that to somebody else. So I remember I had an opportunity to have a conversation with someone that uh, was a Buddhist teacher. And I was talking to him about what what do I do? Is there a Buddhist practice that I could adopt that would help me so that I, I didn't show up that way? And he told me about the practice of Tonglen, T-O-N-G-L-E-N. And he explained to me that Tonglen is Tibetan for giving and taking, or if you want to think of it as sending and receiving. And it refers to a meditation practice found in Tibetan Buddhism. And he suggested that I uh, seek out some of the the writings that Pema Chodron, the uh, Buddhist nun, had about this meditative practice of Tonglen. And so what Pema says to do is that given some, in this case, I'll say this negative situation, when you were met doing a meditative practice around it, when you inhale, you breathe in, you know, whatever angst or suffering or worry or problem, whatever it is that you have, and um, you make a wish that 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 will be better for that person or that will go away. And then as you exhale, you send out enough her, her teaching around is that you send out enough space so that the other person's heart or mind might uh, feel big enough to be able to either live with their discomfort or that you can send out some clarity or that they have more understanding. Now, the way that the Buddhist teacher talked to me about it was he said, you know, so basically you're breathing in the negativity. So if somebody comes at you with negative energy, you want to breathe that in and sort of allow that to wash through you. And then you send back out loving thoughts and you send out kindness. And so I got to be honest, when he told me about it, I said, I love the concept. And I, I get it. I get how that could be a lovely practice. But here's where I got stuck. I didn't like the idea of that negative icky stuff being inside of me. <laughs> and I thought, well, I, I don't know if I want to bring that all within me just so I could wash it out for somebody else. So I said, I I will honestly give that a go and I will try to practice that. And for some reason, I was struggling with it. And then one day I was on the 102 and it was raining. And lo and behold, there's a couple of 18 wheelers in front of me in the right lane as I'm approaching and I pull out to the passing lane to try to get by them. And here he is. And it always seems to be a black F-150 pickup truck with this super, these souped up wheels. So it really, I mean, I'm driving an SUV and he felt like he was towering over me. So here's this guy in the SUV. And in that moment, I thought, okay, I'm supposed to try to tongle in this. But then I had this moment of inspiration for me anyway. I thought, my difficulty seems to be that I don't want to take it in. But I wonder if I could just not react to, because I'm reacting, I get it, to that negativity. And I had this moment where I thought, if I could just, I know it's going to sound weird now, but stay with me. If I could just open up my inner core so that it would feel like my the middle part of my body would open up like a donut. 
And I remember I even put the windows down because I have power windows. I put the four windows in my vehicle down just a bit because it was raining. And I thought that energy is sort of coming here, but I'm going to allow it to, I'm going to make space for it to basically what's coming behind me to come through me without touching me, without having to go inside of me. And I'm going to allow that to just dissipate, disappear like you open up a window because a room is steamy and let it go out. And then I I kept the windows down and I kept focusing on that. And I was like, I'm not going to look in the rearview mirror. I'm not going to look in the rearview mirror until I got past the 18 wheelers. And I I continued with my speed. And then as I uh, brought my vehicle into the right lane and I could sense that he was going by, I had to say to myself, don't look at him. Don't look at him. Just let him go by. And the minute through the, my, the corner of my eye, I could see the back end of his pickup truck go past me in the, in the passing lane. And he was going fast. I chose, I said it out loud. I said, my friend, I'm sending you a blessing that wherever you're going today, I want you to get there safely. And I want everyone around you to be safe. And I felt really good. I put up the windows in my vehicle, sat back. I never gave it another thought. And ever since that day, I have been using the opportunity of opening my donut to dissipate any kind of negativity that comes my way. You know, sometimes I'm at a speaking engagement and there's somebody who's sitting in the third row of the auditorium and they've just got that look on their face like I'm not, I'm not reading it as they're loving what I'm saying. Sometimes I will have a participant in a workshop who is pushing back with the advice I'm giving or the strategy I'm proposing mainly because they don't like it and they, they don't want to have to do it. I'm often uh, doing training around communication strategies and how to build pathways, how to build bridges to people, how to have a difficult conversation. And so often people don't want, they know that that's what they need to do, but they don't kind of like it in the moment. And I'm, I'm acutely aware of how we as human beings can make up stories. And when I say we make up a story, you've heard me say this before, we don't make up a wonderful story. When we're making up stories, it's typically um, code for we're not thinking the best of the other person, or we're somehow thinking that they are trying to attack us in some way or not be kind to us. Anyway, it's just negative. And so I love this idea of allowing for a practice where I am putting energy into just letting it be, letting, because you know what, like, it really, it doesn't even matter in 10, hardly in 10 seconds, let alone 10 minutes from now, or 10 hours from now. And, um, and then I'm not compelled in the least to tell that I don't have to tell that story to anybody. So now if I'm paying something forward, it's really because I'm asking for specific support, because I need someone to help me process. And that's a very, very different thing. So I'm very conscious of that. So however you do it, I think it's absolutely necessary that you cultivate practices that help you build compassion resilience, because you're really building compassion resilience. It's a way of protecting yourself and making yourself stronger. That way, I don't get all caught up into some nonsense. That's not good for me. It's not good for my body. It's not good for my energy. It's not good for my blood pressure. Not good for anything. And then if I dump it onto somebody else, it's not good for them either. I'm just letting all that go. And that's what I'm saying that you have to do. And opening your donut is just 
one of those practices. You know, I think about it. I love it because it serves as a gift for me. It's a gift for the person who I would otherwise be making up a not so nice story about them, because now I'm trying to see them with kindness and patience and compassion. And I'm not talking Pollyanna stuff. I'm just talking about a mindset that really, really helps. And it's a gift for the person or people that I may have otherwise downloaded this negative energy on and potentially impacted their mindset, even if it's just for the five minutes while I'm telling the story. I don't need I don't need to be responsible for clouding their day in any way, shape, or form. I mean, who wants to be the sender or the receiver in those situations? Certainly not me. Okay, compassionate leaders, here's your take action challenge. Look for opportunities over the next couple of weeks to have a heightened awareness of how you may be reacting to negativity, of how you may be making up stories that are not based on anything factual or you don't have the full backstory, and try opening your donut. You may just surprise yourself about how good it feels and then send me a private message because you know I want to know. Finally, I want to remind you, if you haven't done so already, please go to my website, debbielawrence.ca, and sign up for this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a comment or write a review. I'd really appreciate it. Until next time, here's to giving ourselves permission to show up as open, fierce, and compassionate leaders, and always to living life abundantly. Bye for now. Bye for now.